0: Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today we're talking about this little micro budget movie called Avengers Endgame and I'm happy to be joined by my Marvel correspondent Maya. Maya, what's up?
1: Oh, my God. I still can't get over how good this movie is.
0: And uh, because this is such a massive movie, I needed to bring in some reinforcements from the quantum realm. So I'm bringing on for the first time my old friend Tom Green. Tom, thanks for being here, man.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm still uh, still kind of shook.
0: Yeah, I know, and, and, and you, you guys were smart smart people that saw it Thursday night, so if you're still shook, that tells you, like, everything you need to know. I didn't see this movie till Friday night. I paid for it by getting something spoiled for me, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But, you know, guys, normally at the beginning of the podcast, like, I'll, like – just do, like, a plot synopsis, or not a full synopsis, but, like, a here, set the table, here's what this movie's about kind of thing, but, you know, Avengers Endgame really picks up, like, almost right after where Infinity War left off initially. Like, it it, kind of hits the ground running in that regard, where at the end of Infinity War, like, we see everyone get, uh, or half half the population gets snapped because Thanos gets his Infinity Stones, and then it pretty much ends. Uh, you have like a little post-credits, one post-credits scene where Captain Marvel gets filled in. So those blanks have obviously gotten filled in since that point. But then all of a sudden, here we are at the beginning of this movie where uh, everyone has to go hunt down Thanos and our remaining people are there. Like I think it's Rocket Raccoon and, you know, uh, Black Widow and Thor and Cap and that, that's kind of where we're at but before we actually kind of get into the plot because I, I, I just wanted to say that to let everyone know I'm not given like a huge plot synopsis I wanted to kind of talk to Tom first because I've done a lot of Marvel stuff with Maya before and I did I do talk to Tom offline sometimes about this stuff but Tom I wanted to like kind of get your initial thoughts because on the movie because basically where you were at the end of Infinity War and, and uh, Captain Marvel going into this as far as what your expectations were and what you wanted from this
2: movie, and um, how it
0: delivered for you overall.
2: I don't really know what my expectations were, but I was very satisfied leaving the theater with this one. Mm-hmm. I thought it did a really good job of just, you know, it was a good culmination of an 11 year arc. Sorry. That's my dog. Yeah, <laughs> it, it,
0: it, That's Tom's dog. Skies wants to chime in and with her thoughts as well. So yeah, we'll, she's we'll, a,
2: we'll, she's a social media influencer. Yeah. we well, will let her do her thing. Yeah, no, but I thought it, did, it I thought it was a, great way to just bring together this 11 year 22 movie arc a lot of loose ends tied up for a lot of characters a very fitting ending you know it felt very fan servicey but not fan service for the sake of fan service right a lot of it felt organic and just like this is how it was supposed to happen
0: yeah, when they've laid that groundwork, every, every scene is going to feel like that because you're just excited that all these people are interacting. But they they did the, they did that laid the foundation for that to be the case where you have payoff just about in every other scene. Uh, Maya, it's you, you already kind of told us, but uh, how, how did you come down on this?
1: So after Infinity War, I was kind of – I was more excited to see, okay, this is how they're going to kick Thanos' ass. It's going to be great. It's going to be epic. And I did not – expect them to kind of give you a realistic approach as to how superheroes cope in the aftermath of the death of half of the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of brought everything home into a more, okay, you've developed a bond with these characters over the last 11 years. What your goal is, is to make sure that you kind of lead them off in a way that makes you happy and seeing them suffer made me just feel more intently involved with the movie and so as the movie went along obviously there was a lot of fan service going on and i loved it i I know that there's a lot of criticism for that but i feel like it really kind of encapsulated what the movie franchise has been doing for the last 22 films and just gave it a fitting ending which it really deserved
0: yeah, you know, my big thing, I and I talked to both of you, I did a podcast with Maya about Infinity War, and I uh, talked to Tom about it at the time as well. I was in the camp of people that were just a little dissatisfied by the ending of Infinity War. I really liked it as a movie as a whole, but I was one of those people that was just, like, a little cranky, and I'm like, I'm like I know there are other movies out there. I know these people aren't dead. This is silly. So going into this movie, I was, like, really worried that I was going to spend, like, I, what I was hoping for is that we were going to bring all these dead people back right away, and then we're just going to go kill Thanos, because, like, I'm, like, I know these people are dead. I don't want to spend a whole movie trying to, like, w- where they're trying to keep us in suspense about whether they're dead or not, so I was just really, really hoping for them to get this, do the snapback, or do whatever they had to do to get it done, and then go get the whole entire gang together, and then go do the thing, and if you had told me going in that, like, no, you're not going to see most of those characters until the very end, I would have been, like, super worried. And I thought th- the biggest compliment I can give this movie is that, like, I didn't even think about that, like, the whole time. You know, they did such a good job of just entertaining me and with the characters that we were uh, in the presence of for this whole movie. And their plan and just seeing seeing the the how of as opposed to like the eventual what was so compelling to me that I really didn't even care about the fact that those people weren't brought in towards the end uh we can talk about how those people were utilized in the battle but I just thought this movie did such a good job with the characters that it left on the board at the end of Infinity War and put them through such a compelling story to get to the end of this movie that I I was ultimately like extremely satisfied absolutely that being said guys what did you think when uh Thanos's head is chopped off five minutes into this movie I was like,
2: oh. all right, time to go
0: home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's actually, like I, I rewatched Infinity War for the first, uh, not for the first time. I've seen it but for the first time since around when it came out last year. And I was like, huh, there's actually a fake Phantos death in this one, too. But this one, ha- that one was like more like halfway through that movie. This one happens literally in like the third scene. Tom, where did what did that? How did that leave you feeling? Where you're like, what what the hell is going on? Like, did you how did you process that in that moment? And where did you think the movie was headed at that point?
2: Well, first I was highly amused, <laughs> um, especially when I think it was Rocket was just like, "What'd you do?" And Thor just goes, "I aim for the head," which was just a callback to Infinity War.
0: Thanos told him he should have gone for the head.
2: Yeah. I, 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 w- I want to take a minute to just say that I really appreciate how the Russo brothers kind of just leaned into a lot of the memes that came from Infinity War right. and like
1: <laughs> made them
2: like poignant things in this movie. But yeah, no, I, w- I was definitely a little thrown off by that. I did not expect them to just come in and kill current timeline Thanos <laughs> right off the bat, but I know that we all kind of expected it to be a time travel type movie, so I knew that obviously wasn't going to be the end of that. I was just curious to see how they were going to go about a bringing Thanos back and kind of just balancing everything out.
0: Yeah, Maya, what did you think of that first sequence where all of a sudden they're all kind of just hanging back at Avengers headquarters and Carol's like, "No, we're going to go freaking do this thing," and uh, and your and then your reaction to the decapitation.
1: <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, that's the first thing I would do. Oh, you just killed all of my friends. Pretty much, we're going to kill you. Uh-huh. And I, I think that. Going in and doing that, for the most part, it was unexpected, but it was very satisfying to watch. And then you're like, okay, so the entire movie is going to be them looking for the Infinity Stones, trying to, to replicate them, and that's it. There was such a deviation from that in a way that it made the movie very exciting. Like, it actually added more than just an action device to the film as a whole, but I, I think that, you know... Thor needed that Thor needed it to happen for, for his own psyche. And I was just very happy to see him, you know, get the revenge and make the promise that he sought to make um, in infinity war.
0: Right. Did you guys, I, I feel like I'd seen a few people talking about it before the movie came out, but I thought some people were like, kind of already knew there was going to be a time jump. Was that something either of you expected? And did did I, did I miss something where that was like confirmed by the Russo brothers going in and should I have already been expecting that or what, what was the deal with that? And were you surprised about it? And what do you think of the execution of it?
1: So the way that the time jump happened, I definitely didn't expect it to be in that kind of method, but the, when the trailers came out for the movie, it was very obvious that Nat's hair had changed that, um, Hawkeye's hair had changed and that there were a couple of different additions there that just didn't seem to make sense. And then once they saw the, um, the suits that Ant-Man used, like the, the white version of it, they say, okay, they're going into the quantum realm, but how is this going to happen? So somebody came up with the theory that because of the combination of the two, that it would be a time jump, which makes total sense. I just didn't expect them to do it in the way that they did. I also didn't expect it to be five years into the future. I thought it was going to be a little bit more immediate, but um, that was really the biggest tell-off. And there was a huge spoiler that was revealed pretty early on that was going around Reddit, that was going around the internet, um, that actually did not only encapsulate that Thor was going to go for the head, but that there was going to be a time jump.
0: Gotcha. Tom, how did you think they uh, did in creating a world in which uh, we were five years removed from something this awful happening. And did you think that, uh, re, what did you think of just how desolate and post apocalyptic that whole thing looked and how these characters fit in that world?
2: Well, first off, I, I wasn't surprised there was a time jump. I kind of expected that, especially because, you know, I followed a lot of the casting and stuff for the movie and I knew that they had casted someone to play an older Cassie Lang guy. Gotcha, so I knew gotcha. there was going to be a time, a time jump from that aspect. Right. I thought they did a pretty good job of just how they relayed how this world was just completely ravaged by this you know pretty much apocalyptic event right um i i, I want to point out i really like to think that you know we see new york and we see uh the met stadium right and i i like to think that the Yankees still exist in this commercial, <laughs> it was just the Mets that got wiped off. <laughs> that guy, that guy um,
0: who I guess, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen, I guess it was uh, Joe, one of the Russo brothers played the guy. It was in the Joe Russo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I missed the Mets. Going I was like, date. I was wondering, like, oh, does that mean like the Yankees are still around? I had that same thought. It'd be kind of funny if they are the ones that just got totally shit on. It's like, we just don't have enough to field a team. Yankees, you stick around. Um,
1: well, what's, uh, what's funny is that Joe and Anthony actually made a comment saying that during the snap that uh, Joe survived and Anthony didn't, oh. and. Okay. So Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. I was gonna say two other things from that. Yeah. Um, one of the other guys in that support group was actually mm-hmm. the guy who created the Thanos character in the comics to begin oh, with. Uh, yeah. Jim Starlin, I think is I believe is his name. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh no, the other the other joke that uh, my friend was making about it's like, oh the New York Mets are completely you know, wiped out, but Jacob Degrom still has like a 2.5 ERA and he's <laughs> pitching <about laughs> 300 the, innings a year or something. There's
0: some kind of Thor joke to be made in there too, because of Noah Syndergaard's nickname. And I'm exactly just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not I'm not I'm not fast enough to make that joke. But the other thing I think it is interesting. You mentioned Cassie Lang because I don't want to. This is such a big movie. I can't what we can't do all too long in any one thing. But you know, it's kind of funny that a lot of people talk about the Ant Man movies. Is just kind of. Like, I, I, it's almost too derogatory to say to say filler, but they d- certainly don't carry the weight of some of these other movies, which I think is a good thing. Not everything has to have like super massive stakes. That's part of what I like about those movies. But in spite of that, like I, I got I got pretty emotional just when he reunited with her. You know, like oh yeah, for sure. I, like it was like we were already that early in the movie, and I guess it has been less than a year since Ant Man and the Wasp came out. But like I was still pretty like that is kind of fresh in my head, but at the same time, it's like. He's still like not a character that we have as long of a history with as like a lot of these other people. And his daughters had even less screen time than him, even if she has been in the other two movies. And I, I, I was like, wow, I'm already like I'm not even someone that cries in movies all that much at all. Almost never, in fact. And I was like it was getting misty like eight minutes in when he sees his daughter. I was like, oh, my God, like it shows it's just impressive that in movies that are considered, quote unquote, like lesser Marvel can still like pack that kind of impact in like a quick moment in a movie like this.
1: You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. I didn't cry once throughout the entirety of the movie. Wow. Do you have no heart? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I am not. I'm not sure about it. I think I was just so into the movie that I forgot to cry.
2: Right. I was going to say, I think that, you know, to your your point about getting kind of emotional about that, them reuniting there, I think that's a credit to just the MCU and how they've, and Paul Rudd, for that matter, for just making... You know, Scott Lang and Ant-Man, such a sympathetic figure in a short amount of time. Right. Um, I mean, Paul Rudd plays that character perfectly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. For sure, I mean
0: like it's like I said we haven't spent so that all, all that much time with him compared to just about most of the other people, and that we can still get that emotional and a quick moment like that before they got to keep it moving is it's pretty good he 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 ultimately like makes it back to headquarters and all that, and we see like Natasha is kind of just manning the place and uh, communicating with all the other uh, heroes that are still out there trying to do whatever they can. Uh, Steve shows. Steve shows up, and obviously they still have some kind of relationship, even if Steve's not out there doing his Captain America thing all that much. And then, and then, and then Ant Man shows up, uh, and that kind of like you know kicks kicks the plot into motion. I one thing I d- want to say about that, I, I don't, not a whole lot to analyze there or anything, but I I do think it's kind of cool how they just, you, you do realize that these people have been through so much that I, I kind of liked how Scott thought he was going to have to really convince them of like. I have a really good idea, and he thought they were gonna think he was crazy. And she's just like, you know, like I, I, talk to squirrels now. Like this is, th- like, <laughs> l- l- let's do this. Like if I, if I do that, I'm not gonna like scoff at time travel or something like that. Like, th- even th- as long as this movie was, it's like it's smart enough to know that we, like we don't need to like spend a whole lot of time like convincing characters that stuff like that is possible.
1: I, I don't understand why they would need to convince characters. Right. They see a woman who came from space, who has inordinate amount of powers, who ends up bringing a guy from the depths of space back by carrying it on his back. Why is with a cyborg so- with
2: her, right, <laughs> right?
1: Why is time travel something that's such an like an an ordinary concept it's definitely
0: them. not but Scott's been Scott's been like gone for 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 five years so he 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 really doesn't really know what any of that looked like and they 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 play that humor like really well like they don't let you forget that like he isn't really an Avenger and not, not just the thing with like him trying to get like the kids to take pictures with them or something like that. But just, he's just, he he just hasn't seen like, it's it's funny, but it's like, he, he hasn't seen like any of this stuff. So just every scene, it's a funny reminder and it's just a nice well of humor for them to be able to keep going back to where it's like, it is all foreign to him, even if he has seen some shit, you know?
1: So two things about Scott Lang um, and that whole, actually the rat, kind of getting him out of the quantum realm which mm-hmm. was i found interesting but it makes sense so the uh cage that his truck was in was cage mm-hmm. number 616 which is earth known as the
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so it's the that's the universe that they're in right now
2: oh okay
1: yeah i didn't realize so, yeah, it's just a, a,
2: subtle, a subtle yeah a subtle nod to the comics that yeah earth, earth 616 is our reality
1: correct Come um, on, sure. and, and, and there is, and Josh, you sent us, um, something that they kind of describe and then, um, expand upon in Reddit that we'll go into when it comes to the different, that was, um, that was
0: actually from Tom. I'm giving him the credit for digging that, that, was and from finding that thing. Yeah. Tom, Tom sent me this Reddit thread that, uh, kind of explained some of the time travel stuff, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but, but yeah, he did the, he did the, he did the legwork on that. Um,
1: well, as, as I as I said in the Spider Man into the Spider Verse um, podcast, I love me a good time jump in a good multiverse. I I, I get <laughs> enough. I cannot get enough of it in movies. And obviously, you know, they did a lot of um, you know referencing there, and we'll we'll get into that. But some of the movie references that they made have actors that are in this movie. Hot tub time machine, is, baby. Hot tub time machine. Um, the guy who plays Bucky was in that movie. I forgot but, about I just, that. Yeah yeah so that's be, the tripping. best part
2: is that he play, he plays a guy that hates communists and yes. obviously a soldier. <laughs> 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 it's
0: been a minute since i've seen either of those movies hot tub time machine or the sequel but i mean i so i i've seen both but forgot about that so that's kind of a funny coincidence for sure uh but yeah, yeah. no it's cool that when they make references to like the outside world like that but I yeah think the
1: one that gets me the most is the big lebowski reference and i still i'm trying to figure that out had they're aware of the big lebowski
2: oh well and I mean, and was
1: yeah, in the first Iron Man movie? <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I just love the thought that all of these movies exist within this universe. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, die, die Hard happened in this universe. <laughs> it's
1: like, Die Hard, no, that's not a time travel movie that's on.
2: No, no, no. It
1: could, no. should be, though. That would be great.
2: Right. So a Christmas like,
0: movie, though. Right. Well, so- he
1: was thinking of 12 Monkeys. That's the joke.
0: Oh, okay. I totally missed that. Um, but yeah, they, they, but like they—they're they, trying to figure out the whole time travel thing, and then they're like, they realize that like, all right, we like need to go talk to someone smarter than us, and then they go talk to Tony. And uh, Tony obviously has now moved on, has his own family with uh, Pepper and a, da- a daughter named Morgan, who's a, just the most adorable little girl. You know, obviously, like he has a lot of he has a lot to lose, and he is so he's not going to really go along with it right away. But um, he, curiosity gets the better of him. Uh, what did you think of Tony's rationale there and? Uh, was that and how, how consistent did you find it with Tony Stark as a character that he would ultimately kind of talk himself into helping them?
1: Uh, Tony was 100% in the right and a selfish point of view to not want to sacrifice the family that he's always wanted. He even made a comment to Hawkeye when he ended up visiting his little farm ranch. He's like, this is exactly what I want. So why is he going to sacrifice that? It's been referenced on multiple different occasions that he wants to come and settle down with Pepper. He finally has this adorable little kid who loves him 3,000, which... Come on,
2: (laughs) why would you ever
1: leave her? But at the end of the day, something that resonates with him, there's two things that resonate with him. Number one, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker is gone, and that's something that has... Clearly affected him, and number two, Doctor Strange said that there was a one in what it was 14 million, million, 14 million. 14 yeah. million. Thank you. I knew it was something with the number 14, <laughs> um, but uh, something there was a one in 14 million chance that it was going to happen, and that has not stopped him. And clearly, Iron Man, being you know one of the smartest tech geniuses that's ever existed has a way to bring about that change and, um, really solve the problem that they're facing. And he knows that, and he knows that he's going to come up with a solution, but that solution's going to come with a consequence. And does he really want to weigh that out? So when Pepper gives him the, you know, the talking to saying, would you be able to rest? I think that she knows him better than anybody, and she knows, okay, you're potentially giving up life with our child, but at the end of the day, like, this is something you are a superhero. This is
2: something you need to do. Yeah, I thought it was pretty consistent with his character. I mean, when you think about it, it is a guy who's pretty much come back from certain death multiple times. And A, the first Avengers movie, B, being locked in a cave 11 years ago, for starters, and, and just recently in Infinity War, I mean, he, Right. was about to die at the beginning of this movie yeah. so I mean, why why would he want to risk this, you know, second, third, fourth whatever number of chance that he's been given to, you know, have this family that he's always wanted
0: Right, but 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 at the same time, like I mean, I think it is pretty cool that like Pepper knows him well enough to know, like, yeah, I, w- I want this life, but at the same time, like, I'm probably not gonna like. You're probably never gonna be like totally content if like you if if you don't get to try and see this through because it, he probably does have a lot weighing on him at the same time. While he's happy with his family, uh, he's probably never fully gotten over the events of Ultron, which you know he was obviously partly responsible for with uh, everything that happened there, and and that they weren't able to like kind of defeat Thanos as close as they were in Infinity War. So it makes sense, and it's kind of cool that they they didn't make. Pepper like a wet blanket, like you might expect them to just do with the woman character in that situation, and and, and then they're off. And you guys, I, I was mentioning how like I was kind of worried that like oh man, they're going to end up taking like so much of this movie to have to bring these people back. And I think one of the moments where I, I was like, all right, I really don't give a shit if this whole movie is going to be about trying to get these people back who I know aren't dead was when it when, was, when Tony shows up to Avengers headquarters, he's like, do we have a team? Cause there are a few things that I like more in movies than a getting the gang back together scene. It is, it, it, it is extremely, <laughs> give, give me that montage every time. Exactly. It, it is like, montage. it is extremely my shit. I am maybe like the biggest oceans 11 fan. Either of, you know, <laughs> and, which is like, has like the, the king of like getting the gang together type scenes. Hey, speaking of movies that have characters from there, this has Don Cheadle, and um, <laughs> no, he, no, he was already there. They didn't have to go track him down. So then we're going to track. And him down. And Matt Damon was in one of the Thor movies. That's very true.
1: And while this. <laughs> oh th- th- God, th- yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it isn't quite the montage that some of those do. I feel like the going to track down Fat Door may as well count as like getting five. <laughs> get, may as well count as like getting five members of a gang back together uh what what did you guys i
1: can't get enough of it what I did you can't. guys think of that
0: Thor? was it did it feel out of place having something like that overtly ridiculous or did the joke work for you and it was or did you appreciate the commitment to the bit
1: i want it, it worked, an worked entire for me so worked. Movie. <laughs> i want an entire movie dedicated to fat thor and Korg and just playing video games and <laughs> talking shit to 14 year old kids
0: want, that is what i want I got a kick out of, like, Korg, like, really consistent with Korg's character, like, being too polite to talk shit and has to, like, bring in help to do it as much as he is into playing the games and all that. <laughs>
1: Well, oh, Big Lebowski is also one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. So the fact that they just made they didn't just make overt references to it. He, he literally wore almost the same jacket as him. Mm-hmm. And then when they would just do close ups on his big belly, I I lost it. I was <laughs> one of the only people laughing in the theater, which I was very disappointed by. I
2: I, I loved it. Um, I liked the commitment to it. <laughs> I. I, I think I'm sure we'll touch on this more later but I want the next Guardians of the galaxy I still want him to be fat Thor just because I think the dynamic <laughs> exactly. between him between him and Star-Lord with him being quote unquote less attractive than Star-Lord at that point would be just great script writing. So
0: so, but, so so I think you're saying it's undisputed that like if Thor is Thor like he's clearly the alpha male in that situation but it's a yeah. level playing field as it stands now.
2: <laughs> well it's also um, a not even, kind not of even worth a level it. playing field but <laughs>
1: Well, it's Chris uh, yeah. worth and his element. He, The guy is meant for comedy. And yeah. I know he's been doing it several times throughout the entirety of the film. But this just, it hit it over over the edge because he's, he just is a great comedic actor. And I don't know about you guys, but did you also get um, a preview for the new Men in Black on um, yeah. International? Yes. So, I mean, the, talk about buddy cop comedy. I mean, you got him and you got Tessa Thompson. Who is in Thor and she plays, um, I don't remember the name of the character. Valkyrie. Well,
2: Valkyrie.
1: Valkyrie, thank you. Well, she's so in this one, too. That.
0: I didn't know if they were gonna bring her along. I mean, she obviously comes in at the end, but like I was like, oh man, is she gonna need to be part of the team now, too? But I guess she's kind of taken on more of a leadership role with the Asgardians. Yeah. So yeah. the
1: goddamn king of Asgard is what she is right now. Thank you very much. The, the, the one other thing I'll say yeah. about
0: Fat Thor is that like I, I was like, so sure that like the final fight one of the times where he does his stick stick his hammer or I don't what do you even call the other weapon that's not the hammer um, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker Stormbreaker right 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 when he sticks when he sticks one of them in the air and he's gonna get the whole lightning bolt come through I thought it was just gonna automatically make him jacked again and I, I just I just thought that was just what they're going to do. It said, no, this thing's is automatically going to braid his beard and he's still going to be like yeah. the same size. He's not going to be he's, he's not going to be jacked again. Which I was just like, I, I that was just my expert. I was like, oh, well, he's obviously going to be jacked before the end of the movie. They're like, no, we're like going to take this that all way. the way to like, all the way through. I'm like, wow, it's like I, I know he's a god and he has like powers, but he doesn't have the power to just automatically develop a six pack uh, on cue so it's uh, amazing yeah.
1: it's so amazing but, but also so that, they, but, also that like, things.
0: but also that he kept drinking the beer for as long as he yes. did like, I'm talking about commitment to the bit when I first mentioned it I was like oh that he, they keep him fat for so long but it's not even this that it's that, like it's fun I thought it was gonna be like a one quick joke thing that he's just kind of like drunk when they find him but he's he's still he's drinking like, at Avengers headquarters, and he's still drinking when they go back in time, back to like 2013 yeah, I, Asgard.
2: I I know where my dad uh, stashes all the good wine. I'll, I'll yeah, bring some. you'll find
0: that ale. Uh, I, yeah. I, I was just like, all right, okay, sure. Like, if if you can keep this going, I'll 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 follow Drunk Thor anywhere. Okay, so absolutely. Yeah.
1: And not <laughs> only that, what, what, what? I feel like the new motivation for myself is having a repeat um recording of Renee Reese telling me to eat a salad. <laughs> That's what I want in my life.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to say a quick note on the Men in Black yeah. trailer. They're talking about like every two or three years, just give me a Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, buddy cop, save the universe from aliens movie. Like, right. So I mean, just give me different variations of that for the rest of the time.
1: Right. So with I mean, different characters who have been in yeah. the Marvel movies throughout the years, you have um, in the first movie, what's his face, um, was in Captain America.
0: Hold on, we're, we're, I'm, not, I'm not sure where you're going with this, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs>
1: Tommy Lee Jones Oh okay oh, oh you're talking about the shared right.
0: uh, Men in Black universe yeah yeah
1: And I'm... Josh Brolin played a young Tommy Lee Jones in this, the in third the third
0: one Oh my yeah. god! Yeah,
1: third one. Yeah.
0: Third, yeah. Jeez, so many, so many weird connections. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I she, if they're gonna make three Men in Black movies. if those movies make as much money as they should. So very good timing on their part, getting that movie to come out literally like six two less than two months after this one. Um, Heck yeah! But good yeah, marketing. So you got Fat Thor, and then uh, last thing before we get to like their, the main gist of this plot, they have to they have to go track track down Hawkeye. And I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm as not not as knowledgeable on a lot of the origins and backgrounds of some of these different versions of these characters as you guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, I know though, like he, can you guys, uh, give me provide the listeners who are maybe a little more ignorant, like me, a little context as to, uh, this version of Hawkeye and the whole idea of the Ronin character and how far down that rabbit hole he actually got before Natasha pulls him back.
1: Tom, you want to take it?
2: Uh, well, I, I'm not as well versed in it, but I do know that, you know, Clint Barton character does take over the Ronin mantle at one point in the comics. And Ronan's basically a, you know, ancient samurai type hero. Yeah, that's about all I got on that. that, that
1: that's actually pretty much it. I mean, okay. th- yeah. th- the thing everyone was Ronin, like
2: really excited yeah. about it. So I thought
0: there was a lot more I was missing to it.
1: Because he, because he was just completely left out of the third movie. He, act, like, what, what power does just shooting arrows have against, you know, world-class villains? Really nothing. But Ronan has technical skill. And Ronin is just bloodthirsty. And that's what makes it interesting. Plus, he can run really fast, which comes in handy
2: later. It yeah. is amusing now, you know, he, ha- he has this samurai blade when, you know, you go back to, you know, Age of Ultron when he's having that kind of pep talk with um, Scarlet Witch. He's like, we're fighting an army of, you know, sentient robot beings, and I have a bow and arrow, and this <laughs> is all super absurd. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to provide a little more context because, I mean, like, I knew, like, they, they obviously hint at it earlier in the movie, too, when uh, Rhodey and Nat are talking about him a little bit and how he's, like, just kind of killing cartel members in mexico and just yep. go- going around the world doing a bunch of stuff so they try and really imply he's at a very dark place but at the same time no matter how far down the road he is like you know he's gonna jump at the first chance someone like gives him to like get his family back so i i did buy that like he would trust nat and like jump back with the gang as soon as he could even if he was gonna be like you shouldn't be here as soon as he saw her like of course he's gonna come back when she's like we might have found like time travel uh, well, but- do hopefully him rope, in man. a black
1: Yeah, Yeah. well hopefully in the Black Widow movie that we have a an explanation at least as to what the hell happened in Budapest, because I'm interested.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I mean, there's obviously like a lot of history there that's never been fully explained. I guess and never. like and, yeah, and, and, just and we'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the, to their mission too. But like I, I I was like, wait, am I like forgetting something? And like, because I mean, I just haven't. I didn't get the time to do like a full rewatch. I was like, am I missing something that they did talk about in one of these movies? And I did some research. Like, no, like there's still no. some unexplored area. If that's where they want to go with that movie. And we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, once they once, oh really
1: quickly, yeah. I do I do want to like kind of bring up just the way that they. Kind of open the movie obviously it comes down with clint barton and his family and he's settled down and he's got three kids and i i feel like there was there's two ways that they could have opened up this movie they could have literally opened up this movie the exact moment that we ended it with infinity war but they chose not to do that they actually that was what they were thinking of doing and they chose not to do that they chose to kind of bring it into perspective as to what the effect of of the snap actually had with the world and what better way to do that with a character that you already know and love with a family that it's already been developed. It's already been kind of set into your mind that this is the most important thing to him. He literally left the Avengers for it and you just kill them off in the first five minutes of the movie.
2: I was discussing this with some friends, like the day of before we saw the movie and we were kind of, you know, just discussing how did what do we think the opening scene was going to be? And I actually thought it was going to be, Quint's family just disappearing, just given that we knew that Ronan was gonna be coming. Right. Um, yeah. so I, I, I thought it was a fitting way to start the movie, and you know, I didn't expect I, I thought it was an interesting choice to have him break bad the way that he did. Like, like I get it. you lost your family and you're taking out your vengeance on I guess every bad person that survived the snap. right. but that's that's just such a huge jump to make. Um, I don't have issues with the way I did. I just thought it was in, an interesting choice.
0: Right, and I the, the other thing I want to say. I mean, uh, I'll get a little ahead of myself here, but you know, it's funny when Old, when when Ultron came out. I think a lot of people thought like two of the like weird passages in Ultron, were the time they spent on like Natasha's past, just in general, it's like it, it not that it was like bad, poorly done within the movie, but it just seemed like this is already a really long movie. Do we do we really need this? Could this be should, should she just have her own movie at that point? Which she probably should have had her own movie before whenever this next one's going to come out. But everyone's like, is this the best use of time in an already very long movie? And then you also had the thing where they like went and hung out with Clint's family, which is like... Again, not bad, but it just felt like wow, this is like very like removed from everything else that's going on. And I really thought they paid like both of those off here. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're four years removed from that, and obviously, like Clint's family means even more because we already knew about them. We'd seen glimpses of them before, yep. but then when when the two of them are on two of them are on Vormir, I mean, she knows he has a family, so it makes we we expect all of our heroes to be certainly selfless and want to be the ones to sacrifice themselves. But like one, she knows he has a family, but two, we know she can't have her own family. And yeah. uh, and or, or her own biological family. We 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 know she has a family, and that's what she's trying to save by doing everything they're doing in this movie. But she's not going to have her own biological family, and we know that from the events of Ultron. So it's just really impressive that like you see like all the work they put in and all the thought they put in. That two things that a lot of people are like, hey, Ultron could have been twenty minutes shorter if you had just like taken care of, th- not had that stuff in there, and it actually like means so much more now.
2: Yeah, and I think they I, did like, I... a good job of making us care about heroes that we shouldn't necessarily have cared about right like like in the grand scheme of things like you know black widow and hawkeye are you know toward the bottom of the scale on these mm-hmm. out, of, out of the avengers but you know you realize you care about them a lot more than you thought you did mm-hmm. and
1: that well, scene we of one tell-
2: really just brings it all together
1: Well, the reason why you care about them less is because they don't have the same kind of supernatural powers that the rest of the characters do. And um, I mean, Tony Stark is still a human being, but he's kind of aided by his technical skill, um, which is clearly otherworldly. But I think that the reason why I actually completely disagree that the movie for Black Widow should have happened before um, Infinity War and before um, Endgame is because... You know, obviously, and this is going to be a spoiler, she she dies in this movie. She sacrifices herself in order to get the soul stone. And for that to have been the last moment that we have of her versus having her entire history expanded upon in a very nice kind of um, moratorium, I think that that is just a way better option to kind of close out her storyline. Scarlett Johansson is such a big actress that for her to just die and that's it and we don't have any... You know, anything else from her after that point, because the movie already already existed. I, I think that that's just a complete disservice to one of the original Avengers. I like the fact that they added it for um, Phase Four.
0: Interesting, and I'll have some more thoughts on that when we talk about the final battle. But I just kind of thought like, huh, interesting, and I, I wasn't sure if that was like the best order to do everything in because they obviously they got beat to the punch on having a first superhero movie by DC, and I think DC's was, yeah. DC's was better. they at least their first female one but yeah we so we we, we, we finally like we, we get all of them back together and then, uh, we, we kind of skipped over the 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 Bruce the Bruce scene because that, that happened like before that stuff but i mean what did you think <laughs> what what did you guys think of um, of of i guess is it banner hulk is that what he is because he's banner professor hulk right the professor,
1: yeah. so
0: yeah. like well, I, I was pretty i found it pretty refreshing i mean it was goofier than a lot of the other stuff in the movie but at the same time like I, if we had had like a whole other movie of him not being able to control himself one way or the other like i just didn't need to see that anymore so i thought it was really cool that they kind of went in this direction with that character
2: i thought doing that was a you know a good use of the time jump like he had these five years to kind of figure everything out and we you know he kind of hinted at that at the end of infinity war and he's like hey you and me got some things to work out buddy um man <laughs> yeah, no, i i thought he played it well i, I like the shtick you know especially when they're there in the diner and the kids come up and they want a selfie and yeah you know, he, he's just like this social media star yeah he's actually he's, actually he's actually kind of he's, kind of he's,
0: he's, <laughs> he's an influencer yeah, he's an so influencer now <laughs> um, so, so, so wait so you said you were annoyed a bit maya i,
1: I was annoyed babe, because like it makes total sense that this would happen you know every single um living avenger has a uh, you know a change in personality after the snap. I mean, Natasha becomes literally depressed. But the only person who stays the same is Captain America. And I was thinking, about it, I was like, well, okay, they're, they're going to do that with Thor. Thor is going to be fat Thor, and he's going to be self-conscious and he's going to be moody and an alcoholic. Um, Tony Stark is going to actually be settled and fine with life and having a family. And what's going to happen with with Hulk? So then you have the professor. And you have this literally he looks like he is going to be going to a poetry reading and uh, reading an original, (laughs) you know, first edition of, you know, Keats poem that he liked. Like, I mean, I was so freaking annoyed, but it makes total sense because, like, how, how else are you going to have this character come out in his personality? He was so he was so scared at the end of Infinity War that Hulk literally wouldn't come out. So why, why wouldn't you have him be, you know, so uber confident to the point where you're just thinking this guy is the, the, you know, the air that's kind of filling up his head is going to cause global warming.
2: (laughs) Yeah. no. uh, One one thing I wanted to say on that is I saw someone point out, but like, you see all these, you know, the surviving Avengers, each one of them exhibits, you know, one of the five stages of grief Mm. and, you know, with professor Hulk, you know, we get that acceptance, and, you know, him just kind of coming to terms with who he is and what this world has become, um, I thought that was kind of fitting. And I also appreciate that getting that Professor Holt character, you know, kind of replaces the best dressed um, Avenger <laughs> that we lost with Vision. Yeah, he actually did look pretty
0: sharp. It was just kind of which, which is which is played for a joke because like he obviously didn't normally wear clothes, and now he's like very well dressed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. where did where, they get those glasses, man? Those things are huge, right? I know. Oh, true. Those had to get custom fitted somehow. <laughs> they did. It's a, it's a I, I think point.
1: it was great when they do the time jump and they end up going to the original, you know, New York battle. He's just like he's like ripping apart his he's like ah, I am. Yeah, the just like half heartedly
2: half throwing a motorcycle across the street. <laughs> well that's a good that's a good tra- that, that, that that's a good transition
0: because they, they, they figure out that like, hey, we can we can time travel and get all the old infinity stones and uh what did you guys think when uh when when they were gonna do that, did you actually think, Oh, we're gonna jump right into like three prior movies or did or did you think we were going to just like were you expecting something totally different Instead, we literally get like a recreation of like a movie that we saw seven
2: years ago i so, thought it was a fun little trip down memory lane some yeah. nostalgia there um yeah, i mean the you know, they they, 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 they
1: encapsulated the series the best yeah
2: yeah they spent 11 years building this universe and 22 movies and it's just like oh let's go back and remind you of some of our greatest hits
0: <laughs> right, but like they they tied it so well to the plot that it didn't feel like 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 gratuitous nostalgia grab. We're just gonna like make everyone so happy for that. Like it it, it made sense and they planned it out. Like it, it, the, I mean I don't want to say they planned it out well because they the they, they plan didn't go 100% according to plan, but like it m- mostly worked and like it made sense. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned the Hulk thing though because it's kind of funny. Like a lot of these characters, they've obviously changed a lot over the years, but none more so than him. So I mean, it's funny that like even when they're within the even when they're within the meat of this movie. Where they're having to do this whole plan, like they did have time for comedy at the same time. It wasn't even just like we're just gonna joke around for the first hour, and then and then it's gonna get serious because the stakes of this movie are so big. Like it's one thing. Like I I always remember like the last fight scene of like Guardians 2. I, I it was like it went on for a really long time, but it didn't really bother me because like they didn't stop making jokes throughout like the whole thing. But it's like you almost expect in a movie like this of this gravity with like there's already so much at stake in at the at the end of one of these movies that like maybe it's not going to be as funny but like they're still like they're really funny even with how urgent the situation is none more so probably than hulk like being embarrassed like having to look at himself at at that version it was just funny like he putting his hand up in front of his head like he's just like ashamed of it and then he has to like still like pretend to be hulk anyway it, it was really funny
1: it's like somebody looking at past photos from college and realizing all the mistakes that they made in, like, real time. That's exactly what it was for for um, <laughs> everybody there. Even Captain America, you know, when he meets his past self, he's just like, oh, God, I was obnoxious. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I, I, I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> so what did you guys think of that sequence in stark tower i mean it was the, oh, the whole like the, the the scene in the elevator is pretty funny with the, the the hail hydra thing and but they had to d- there's obviously was actually a comment
1: about that What's i that? have a very important comment about yes. that so a couple of years ago in the comic books there was a mm-hmm. plot line that outraged fans and it was when captain america was a secret agent for hydra and people were super pissed about it they're like how on earth you build up this character over decades of time and all of a sudden he's working with the enemy and the plot line was that they actually created a clone of Captain America and that clone was the Hydra you know clone so when he says hail Hydra there are people who freaked out in my audience because they knew exactly what that was they knew exactly what that reference was so that was a little bit of like a very subtle plot so those guys
2: in the elevator Mm -hmm. assume it's the clone no, uh, they, they, oh, oh. they're just yeah. surprised that to learn that Captain America is on their side because this is two you know, or three years before the universe the is introduced yeah. to Hydra being... Gotcha. gotcha you know, yeah. Infiltra- yeah. ...or yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. being infiltrated by Hydra. Gotcha. So for him to reveal that to them before it's kind of revealed to the greater universe, that's why they hand over the Scepter to him right away. Right,
1: right. Right, and I just want to kind of put into perspective, obviously we're jumping a little bit, but when Captain America has to go back to the other universes... And place the Infinity Stones back there. He has to meet Red Skull. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I thought about that's that. That's
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, th- th- there's certainly a lot of weird uh, time traveling implications with that. The other thing that had to happen um, in the in the 2012 version was that Hulk went up to meet the Ancient One to. Uh, get the time stone and i thought th- that was just like a very cool moment just to be like oh yeah like they've been like uh, even before strange was there these these people had this uh, this brownstone in new york and at least some of them were there at certain points and she's just there helping out, by out some
2: at- f- right
0: she's just like there helping them out and they don't even know it which i thought was like a, a fun little touch you know just to think about that since that movie came out more than five years before dr strange mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, the thing is that she's also, you know, the ancient one is very aware of what's going to be happening in the future, but in her own timeline. And if you want to get into that now, we can.
0: You know, she's very reluctant to turn it over to him because she has to preserve, like, just her reality. But then when when, when he, she, like, it's interesting that she, like, knows that everything that Steven's going to do, and it makes sense she's like, all right, well... I trust him. So uh, what, 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 did, what, it's, it's
1: not that Dr. Strange is literally the purveyor of his universe. He is very fully in tune with it. And anything that happens, he has to preserve it. Right. So mm-hmm. the second that, uh, Banner tells her that he is the reason he gave, he gave willingly, up the stone
2: willingly. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's she when knows she there's realizes a reason for that. there's a reason for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It took the words right out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't. It, it is. It is kind of interesting how like uh, she 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 knows that that's the call she has to make at that point. But it it, it kind of I don't know. I guess it it all, all kind of ties into the, the rest of the uh, the time travel and the different realities and all that that's going on. And uh, she has more yeah. awareness of all of it. You know.
2: Yeah. Um, what I really appreciate about that scene is that it gave us a visual representation of how time right. travel works in this mm-hmm. universe. Like. Mm-hmm. Because you know, before that, before they go into the quantum realm to do these time jumps, right? They they have know, like two they lines. Ba- they basically just say, "Hey, every time travel movie that you've seen, throw those rules out. Those rules do not apply to this universe." Right. And, and they're trying to one. explain their own. Yeah. Except and for they, one, they're... and
1: that's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. They they kind of prepped everybody for that that there are multiverses out there, and that you have yeah. that ability. That's why it was canon because they they told you in advance. Okay, you're gonna we're gonna make sure that you understand that there's a billion, infinite, different ways to kind of go about this universe. Not all of them are the same, but the second that you kind of screw with it, it splinters off. And so that actually, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is unintentionally a Marvel Universe movie that is a precursor to um, Endgame.
0: Okay, well, yeah. So that, 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 that is really cool how they um,
2: ultimately uh, tie in in that manner. And um, I, also, I also appreciated how uh, before that they kind of gave us the whole if you could go back in time and kill Baby Hitler, would you do it? I yeah. just didn't. That was, with, that was hilarious. That, that, would, that, would, would, that, would you Dom choke Seedle.
0: out baby God, that, that, that was so funny. <laughs> You're like, um, yeah, I mean, like for that was cool that they gave like Rodi that big of a laugh, and I was like really glad that they that they got that one in there for sure. I, I laughed was at that. So well done. I've seen it twice now, and I've laughed like really hard at that both times. Yeah. Um, and like that got a bigger reaction than like a couple of the moments that were like in in my second viewing that got a bigger reaction from the audience and like some of the ones that might have been like the loudest ones from your theater like that uh, a funny moment where it's like yeah like why can't it be that simple um, no that was and, straight
1: up the funniest moment of the movie right. absolutely <laughs> hands down but, but also like <laughs> that,
0: that, and, and, but like when they're still at that point I think it might even be in that same conversation where Banner does like try to like explain away like how this works yeah and like like, uh i I think tom like might have told me the other night like you had the quote and i've already seen it twice and i don't even really know what the quote is where it's like you know you're the the stuff that happens in your past past is yeah, or Correct. something like that. But they say they say that line so fast that it's like hard to really process it. So it does help on top of that to have the ancient one throw that timeline out there, uh, that visual representation, and then mm-hmm. um, and then I think our subsequent uh, the Reddit dives have like helped me a little bit more with that. And um, I don't want to go too down far that rabbit hole until we uh, kind of finish uh, recapping the movie a little bit. But uh, you know, there's well, we don't
1: the, need to
0: go down yet. right. Well, the, the the other the other the other missions though, they um, you, 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 you go back to Thor Dark World. Uh, I don't. I mean, I know like a lot of people widely consider. Or third arc world like maybe the worst of all of the 22 movies so it's ironic that they have to go back there do either of you have like a soft spot for that movie if if not what did you think where it's like all of a sudden like man we're in asgard again
1: for such a good actress natalie portman deserved better
0: hey she got a check for saying zero words uh, uh I, I, yeah I, I think it's I, I think i think she came out of this fine uh,
1: I, I don't think she should have been in the franchise to begin with. Okay. I think she, she just does not fit in there at all. I feel like they should have picked a completely different actress. But I like the way that they ended up um, bringing back in um, Renee Russo's character. It was very it was very much Thor needed his mom. He's dealing with a bit of a situation. He needed mommy to help him out a little bit. Not dad. Well, it was cool how so she, recognized, really like
0: she recognized right away. It was cool that she was smart enough to pick up on that. That it wasn't... That- <laughs> well,
1: Hundred and fifty, she would recognize her own kid
0: right 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 but um but yeah so like they they, they don't have a ton of trouble um even though like, people are trying to like kind of run them down at the end like that doesn't really create as many issues uh back in actually i jumped to that one uh but i guess i should go back to the uh, new york timeline because they do fail because of hulk just like kind of bursting out of there and the tesseract falling uh Back to Loki, and they they decide the best option is to go to go to Shield in uh, 1970. Uh, again, it, it's I kind of almost appreciated it. like while they do almost get run down at the end there, uh, that one's not as much of like a heist movie spy thing where they're having to snoop around as they could, and it just kind of slows down and like lets you have that moment with Tony and Howard, and I like that. Like yeah, yeah like there maybe they wanted to have someone kind of catching on to them at the end, but I kind of appreciated how that 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 little section of the movie was allowed to just breathe. And you got to have him and Howard having that conversation and uh, Steve having the moment where, like, he sees Peggy. And that was fine with me. Like, I didn't need the whole thing to be an action movie. And it was, like, a really cool moment that they shared. Uh, how did that part of the movie work for y'all?
2: And you get so, Jarvis. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get Jarvis. The first crossover from the Marvel mm-hmm. TV series to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. That's never happened. But I, I think uh, two things. Number one, I feel like your your listeners should know this. Just because Loki disappeared with the Tesseract does not mean that he's alive. He is still dead in the other universe as is Vision because they died before the snap.
2: Right. So, But uh, we do have Rock a multiverse Loki now.
1: Correct. We do have a multiverse Loki. And with the Tesseract, so he probably can transfer between different universes. That might be interesting. But it doesn't mean that the Loki that grew as a person is still alive. number one number two i think that um you know knowing that and this is a big big bomb and knowing that tony stark dies at the end um the one thing that he said is that he never ended up saying goodbye to his dad and i think that it was really nice that he had that moment that he can finally Mm -hmm. die peacefully
0: I, i like that too it was just i mean i guess people speaking with like former parents is in time travel movies isn't like Totally unique, but like it was special, just because these movies have packed so much history into there about uh, Tony's relationship with his parents. So I, 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 I certainly appreciated it. Uh, I was out of all the people they could have brought back, I'm I'm very glad that we got to see John Slattery again. I, I enjoy him. I enjoy him as an actor, and I thought they. They they played that scene uh very well and
2: yeah. Not I mean, beat Nick Potts. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: um, it's it just very in, in character with what we expect when we get a, a John Slattery as Howard Stark performance and I, mm-hmm. I, I I I really appreciated that and again like there was a quick uh, moment where I guess it sure it pays off later in the movie where Steve sees Peggy but like we don't dwell on that too much. They didn't have to like have her see him. He, he just got to have that moment and then it obviously pays off later in the movie and then he, he gets the pym stuff and again i was just glad it wasn't like a whole it was wasn't like a whole chase scene that's what i was kind of expecting when they got down there and it didn't it didn't turn into that and i was kind of happy that we just got to sit in and take all of that in um well i
1: think that it was very much interconnected that he sees peggy he grabs pym particles that allow him to go back into the past and he has an objective he knows what he's gonna do right like, when everything is said and done that he's just made his decision and yeah. I—that's why the second that I saw her, I'm like, "Oh, this is how that's gonna end." Okay, that's that's good.
0: Right, right, right. So, uh, the, the the last part of their mission that we uh, didn't talk about yet was just um, having to go get the power stone on Morag and having to get the reality stone on uh, Vormir. And yeah, Nebula and um, Nebula and Rhodey going to get the power stone, and uh, wasn't really that hard until it turns out uh, Nebula was. Getting crosswired with 2014 Nebula, and they all of a sudden have some trouble with that. So there's not a whole lot to dwell on there. I'm, I'm always happy to like um, get the, drop into that Guardians universe for a minute and like listen to that music. It's a fun reprieve from everything else that's going on. And then they just kind of make fun of Quill, and Rhodey punches him out, which is funny <laughs> before before he even says a word. But um, I, I don't know. It was I, I was kind of glad. I was like, all right, maybe a lot of this stuff had already been really easy to that point. And it's like, all right, this is where it's going to get tripped up. And then we're back with like. 2014 thanos in gamora uh how how, what did you guys think of like uh nebula getting like kind of sucked it back into that world and how did it strike you where she's all of a sudden then just having to like interact with like the old version of her in gamora and thanos
1: no i was gonna say talk about time travel karen gillen was one of the um companions in doctor who (laughs) there you go yes we've got a real nice little connection over there but I, I think the, not, the only thing I'm going to say, I'm going to let Tom take it, is that when we start off the movie with Howard and Nebula in the spacecraft, and she is very Tony. clearly being, yeah, did I say, what? You said Howard and Nebula in the spacecraft. <laughs> Sorry, with Tony, <laughs> with Iron Man. I totally Nebula forgot about that.
0: I was, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, this is the first time I think somebody's ever like complimented her on something that she does for her skill versus saying like you failed me and you are less than competent. So I feel like her growing as a person, just or as a robot, that do we call her a person? Is she a person, a cyborg? Um, but growing as a character, I think that it, it kind of makes the treachery, um, her own treachery to herself, a little bit more um, encapsulating to watch. Tom, take it.
2: Yeah, I, I was I'm right with you on that. I think you know one of the better things they've done over this, you know, the four movies that she's been in is just the way they've handled her arc from this, you know, one-note maniacal cyborg killer to you know, you know, she turns into one of the biggest heroes in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought the you know it when you look at it across the four movies, it's just really well done. It's like and, a really you know, impressive.
0: Yeah, it's like a really impressive acting performance. You
2: know, like yeah, I mean, K- Karen is a good actor. And, she's fantastic. You know, yeah, cool. and it's like, like... You, you get her in the first Guardians movie. And you're like, what is she doing in this movie? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. just there. Then, to you be know, a the, the sec, yeah, the second, yeah, and then the second movie, you know, you, they start to kind of set those gears in the motion with her and Nebula. I mean, her and Gamora and you know we see it come full circle in the over the course of the last two Avengers.
0: yeah one of the most impressive things guardians 2 does is just like it tells you so much about thanos without actually like having him on screen just because of like the the relationship between the two of them gamora and nebula and just how they talk about the effect that he's had on them so um that was just one of the impressive ways they kind of built thanos up as a character before we really got a big dose of him in infinity war but uh it, 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 the, the, along the whole way, they've been like bringing Nebula to this moment. And I, I mean, I just think it's really like, I, I really like that point that you made, uh, Maya, about just her receiving a compliment, even for something as simple as like winning a game of paper football. You know, I mean, like Thanos, like no matter pr- how many of the horrible things he probably made her do, he probably like never gave her any kind of like affirmation, which is why she was like all, 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 all so desperate for it, like at every single moment. And just for her to be like someone say a like, good job to her over something as winning a game of paper football is kind of crazy. And on top of that, like it was like it's just funny to like see her interact with someone like Tony and just like under all that. I don't even know if you call it makeup or CGI or how they put that character She's together. Makeup. It's it's, yeah. it's it well, it's makeup, but at, like at the same time, like they take pieces off of her head or whatever uh, it is. So it's it's very some, good guess makeup. It, yeah. <laughs> so whatever it is, like to be able to like see her reactions to stuff under there where so i mean we're laughing when like this because we know what her disposition is like as a being and having her in like a game like that is hilarious but just like seeing her have to process how to react to different kinds of situations when she's now with these other people that aren't thanos is really interesting for me i just i couldn't get enough of
2: her yeah and it's not just her getting a compliment for the first time but like this is probably the first time in her life she's like organically had fun doing something that even killing. even
1: if it's stranded in space, when everyone's probably gonna die, that's, that's yeah. you know, fun, <laughs> right, right? But but I think I think on, on top of everything, like it it shows a lot about Gamora's character and how much Gamora cares for Nebula because she intrinsically trusts of uh, four years into the future version of nebula because she is saying something that resonates with her and she loves her so much and she's like well if my sister is telling me this then i need to trust it and it just it shows how far along um nebula has come because she kind of can play into that but it also shows how powerful of a character gamora is in terms of her emotional capability and why we enjoy her so much during the guardians franchise because she she automatically plays into that she tunes in she She's um, picking up a uh, Nebula. in the future is dropping, and it's what saves the day.
0: Right. What, what, all right. Well, lastly, before we get to the final battle, I we got to talk about the scene on Vormir. Uh, Do we have um, to? We already talked. Well, we talked about it a little bit, so we don't want to dwell on it too much because we we already did kind of talk about it. But I'll just say that, like me as someone that gets a little too bothered, probably for my own good, about just like the prospect of like what other movies possibly mean. Like I'm I'm like, you know, maybe I'm not like this death isn't hitting me as much because I know there's going to be a Black Widow movie, even if it is a prequel. Like, I know it's not going to be the last time I saw her, but I just thought that scene was so well acted. The action scene for, for as small as it was as an action scene, it was probably more interesting than like any specific action that we got, like as far as hand to hand combat in the whole final battle, just seeing them fight over who's going to kill themselves. Like you have this, the idea of them fighting to do something like that, weighing on you on top of like kind of fun action scenes that you could just take in as opposed to like how much the stuff there is going on during something like a final battle. Like I just thought it was like really well done even before you get to like how emotional it was. I don't, we, like I said, we already touched on it, so we don't have to dwell on it too much. Cause it is very sad, but did you guys have any other thoughts just on how they executed that?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, just the fact that we knew that there was going to be a black widow movie. I, I feel like they obviously intentionally let it out there that this thing is going to be made. And obviously, we, coming into this movie, we didn't know that it was going to be a prequel. Um, and I have some other thoughts on that that yeah. it isn't necessarily going to be a prequel still. Right. Um, but just the fact that we knew that there was a Black Widow movie coming, I personally, you know, had the expectation that Hawkeye was going to end up dying in that situation, even though I didn't think it was best for his arc, per se, because we opened the film with his family, you know, getting dusted. <laughs> but, you know... I think a lot of people came in, you know, because they knew that we were getting that solo movie that she was going to survive this one. So I think that kind of helped play into the emotions of that scene. I had the
0: opposite reaction. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said you didn't didn't cry at all. So why didn't you cry? No,
1: I I didn't cry because I would have been super pissed if Hawkeye was, I I knew that it was going to be her that had to die because why would you leave Hawkeye out of a movie to bring him back just to kill him? (laughs) Why would you do that?
0: That's a good point. There's no
1: point to that. So I knew it was going to be her. Well, all, they knew- should say
0: they've also announced these other Netflix series that are going to happen. So we'll talk about – that's the thing I'm going to end on is asking you guys where you want the MCU to go. But, like, I was kind of confused. I was like, I do know there's going to be, like, a, a Hawkeye uh, Falcon series. They announced that on top yes. of that. So it's like who knows what's going on. But, like, I don't know. I just I, I was really invested in these characters in that moment, you know?
1: I, I But the thing is um, when they actually tease it when, um, when Black Widow is in the Avengers headquarters that you see actually her ballet shoes – I really and I and I I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if it was here to somebody else, but they made that movie Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence, and that's pretty much going to be Black Widow's you know origin story. And I'm fine <laughs> with it. I'm I okay. good with any ballet movie, right. but um, it, and I think it, it makes sense that they do do that because now, like I said, now that she's you know died in the the universe, it's a very good. This is how we lay her to rest, kind of film to just put, sort of put that story to bed. Um and Scarlett Johansson can be moving on to other movies that's not Ghost in the Shell <laughs> and and then um but but the no you know I'll die no no I'll die no right. you no you and, and just fight for it oh. yeah that that was
0: stupid (laughs) well no but it was it was really well acted and that's the last point i'll make about for for myself about that was that like i i I just at the end of infinity war i was like all these people are gonna have movies this is stupid i feel nothing and here i still felt more even though i know that like they have other mcu properties coming out featuring both these actors and i think it was just because i think at the end of infinity war i almost thought that a lot of the characters as the other ones were snapped up it was almost like they were more confused than sad because they had no idea what happened and maybe that was like i didn't buy it I, i didn't process it as death even on behalf of them because they didn't look sad yeah. in that way to me. Whereas here, like, these two know one of them has to die.
2: Yeah, and these it are, these are also two – yeah, these are two characters that obviously have a very long history together, and they're probably two of the – I mean, there's a lot of great actors in, in the MCU playing mm-hmm. these superheroes, but those are t- probably two of the better actors, I would say, and you actually get them acting in the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially Jeremy Renner, who was discovered later on in life. He's a a a
0: two-time Oscar nominee. Scarlett Johansson should probably have a couple Oscar nominations by now. She doesn't. Um, they're like very accomplished and, uh, it's just funny. Like, you know, like Hawkeye, what was it, was, was it Ultron or that he spent a good time like brainwashed for, um, yes. like, yeah. so, and, and then, he's just been a small part of others. Like it was like probably the best piece of acting he's gotten to do in any of these movies yet, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Cause he is like a very good actor. All right, guys. Like I, 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 I just, I made you like talk through all that entire mission. I, I want to talk about this, <laughs> the, this final fight though. Um,
1: yes! Uh, yes! so, uh,
0: uh, Maya, did it live up to the hype for you?
1: yes it did i screamed like half the time i was wearing a spider-man shirt and the second i <laughs> see spider-man on screen i started yelling man i was like the entire theater was everybody was super hyped
0: was that the loudest they got he- was for spider-man because there was a lot of nice moments in that fight no was it was it was no. it was it, cap, was it cap getting the hammer
1: yes, yes. okay 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 <laughs> cap and mjolnir that was the best that was the number one marvel movie moment of all time really of all time
2: Okay. Yeah, yes. it's it, it's like that followed by Thor's entrance into Wakanda and in Infinity War. Okay, and then like everything else. Yes,
1: I agree. I hundred percent agree.
0: No, that that was that was really cool. So like they have the fight okay. with where it's just Tony and Thor and Cap against Thanos, and then before even before that's over though, where it looks like Thanos is or Thanos might you I know, mean, I didn't think Thor was gonna die, but like Thanos is getting very close to taking him out if he wants to. And then and then Cap's able to like get the hammer and then um Thor's
2: just like, I knew he was worthy all along. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's,
0: a, it's, a a th- th- it's another callback to Ultron, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: No,
1: callback to Ultron, but also a cap uh, call back to Captain America, um, I think it was the Winter Soldier, where um where what's his face? Anthony Mackey's character wise escaping me. Falcon. Falcon, thank you where Falcon um, is in the scene and Cap says, on your left. Yeah. So that, they brought that back, number uh. one. Number two, they do a really, really good job of, um, of kind of like what magicians do, making you watch one thing and forgetting that something else is happening. The snap happens before Hulk snaps. We see that the snap worked. But we completely forget what happened because devastation is raining all over, you know, the um, Avengers headquarters.
0: Well, I, I actually so, did forget. Yeah. So when, when Cap gets up after and his shield's been busted up and it looks like he's going to take on the whole Thanos army. I, I thought he was going to die there. Oh, like, okay. I, really? For sure. I, in, in Straight that, up. In that
2: moment, I was, I was like, he's going to get up. He's going to tighten his shield. He's going to wipe off his chin. And he's going to say, I can do this all day. Right. And he's going to die yeah. before <laughs> the enforcement's come in. So, like, when when they had that, you know, on your left. And you just see, I guess first you see Black Panther and Shuri and uh, Okoye come in. I mean, at at that point, it's like, okay, this like goosebumps in the whole theater so
0: maybe maybe i would maybe i would have been more where you guys were if i hadn't had iron man's death spoiled for me but at that point i was like i i i I had that stab in the back of my head i'm like we still haven't had the big battle scene yet i was like we're gonna have a big battle scene with all the characters this is where they must come in then if we're gonna see the whole thanos army so it didn't occur to me that way maybe if i had still thought at that point like cap was the more likely death maybe my head goes there but i was like expecting it to happen and then like I, i and i'll say I hate the people that like clap during these movies and like yell during these movies like I'm just like yo like let's just like I want to hear everything I don't want like you clapping every time a character comes on screen I get it in the big moments like the hammer or whatever oh, yeah. but it's like, like like when it's just like we see someone for the first time like I'm like come on like we don't need this but like when not even when he said Avengers assemble but when every just when everyone starts coming through the different portals that uh, Wong and Strange are opening up I was like I, I almost wanted to yell let's fucking go like I almost yeah. did that I almost did that in the theater myself at that moment and I hate people that talk and I was like yeah. I, I was like super super pumped and I thought and I was already already expecting it to happen anyway that's how cool of a moment that was for me visually
2: yeah, yeah. No, it was it was an awesome moment like what one of my buddies was telling me that you know, his theater erupted so much in that moment that he did not get to hear Cap say Avengers Assembly. Oh, he God. was really pissed about that.
1: <laughs> no, I, no our, my theater was going absolutely nuts. It was it was mostly guys in that theater, and everyone was freaking out. I, but thinks, I think that that's what makes it so engaging and what really brings the franchise kind of to its— like, to, to where it fits in our world. Because if you're not excited for this after 11 years— what are you doing on opening night at, at that point, one o'clock in the morning? Why are you even there in the first place? It's not to watch that.
0: Right, right. And uh, so the, and, and it was also cool visually. I didn't really pick up till the second time, but you can kind of see through all the portals at one point and you can like kind of see the different worlds in the background, like in one yeah. big shot where you can all see him. Like it was just a very, very cool visual moment that. And Howard the duck is there. Oh, I think, I think I missed that. Um, and he's like
1: right behind it's the very wasp, subtle
0: right? yeah ah, okay. it's like a, a it's in his, and he's
2: like right behind the wasp with some of the ravagers
0: gotcha okay well uh so yeah and I, you know when i actually messaged tom on uh on friday night after i saw it because he made a joke about like oh is this going to be like the second best battle that happened this weekend but after the battle of winterfell and i was like we're recording this sunday a few hours before episode three of game of thrones but like, oh I was Yeah. Like, I, I was like, oh well, like I don't know about that, man. Like, I, it's funny that you tweeted that though, because I, 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 was initially overwhelmed by the fight, and that was part underwhelmed by the fight, and that's why I wanted to go again. I was like, I don't know if there were cool enough character moments in this, but I watched Infinity War before again before I watched this fight, and I realized like by complaining about that, I was maybe almost like asking them to go do a fight that they'd already done. Like there was more hand to hand combat and um, specific character scenes within Infinity War. Uh, while they were fighting than there maybe was in this. Even if you had these other character moments like uh, Tony and Peter reuniting, 2014 Gamora and Quill reuniting, and what was pretty funny, actually. Um, the
2: Gauntlet Relay. The Gauntlet yeah. Relay.
0: You had some moments like that. I was like, yeah, I, I think I was having this expectation that they needed to like do some kind of battle that would have ultimately felt maybe too similar to what they'd already done in Infinity War. So, then it, I, so I kind of accepted that, like, all right, I, I shouldn't be complaining about that. My one thing about this battle, though, that I almost would have done differently was, and I'm not going to, like, blame anyone if they really liked it, but I almost wanted, instead of the moment where all the female superheroes congregate, instead of that that... (laughs) well it wasn't yeah i would have rather them had like a couple other moments of different character combinations kind of like how in infinity war where where it's like nat and okoye uh ganging up to beat up the the thanos's right hand woman played by carrie coon um yeah to help scarlet witch yeah them and and scarlet witch like just a few of them kind of having a few different like quick maybe one minute 45 second or minute and a half sequences like that i would have almost just rather had that than had this moment where it's like oh they just want to get a bunch of applause for having all these female characters because it's like yeah because um, like it's this massive battle in scope and now all of a sudden like wait all of the female characters come together in one spot during this massive battle it felt, yep, only, it I felt kind of forced <laughs> i would have rather had a few moments where they broke out and got to say something it's like you're, you're asking for all this applause for having all these female characters yet it, I, I know you said you didn't need them to do a black widow movie five years ago but it's like you've only given you haven't given like any of them their own movie aside from captain marvel it's like you want to pause for that where you like you didn't even give shuri a line you know, like, I was like, I would, right? you know, like I would have rather had a couple of moments where a few of them got a few more lines to say than just have this one snapshot shot of all of them. And that, that, that's maybe one thing I just would have done differently. But other than that, like, I do think the battle was very well done.
1: Well, I think at the same time for efficiency's sake, you know, the movie's already been going for two hours and 30 minutes. You've got 80 characters that right. are supposedly main characters on there. Like, how do you kind of fit everything in there? So I get yeah. that. But at the same time, like, don't get me wrong, I I cheered during the scene where all the ladies got together is like she doesn't like she needs whatever, whatever I forgot what we she does. No, she needs but, to, how's
0: she gonna get the the, the gauntlet over there? Oh, we'll protect her. That was kind of the thing. Yeah, yeah. something something like but that. But also was, she's Carol
2: fucking Danvers. Like, yeah, she didn't really need them, did she? <laughs> she didn't need anybody to get over there. So that's the
0: thing, like she comes in yeah. she Carol comes in halfway through for no other reason other than the fact that it probably wouldn't have been a fight if she had been there at the beginning. Right. Like she's like, too I'm powerful. I'm so yeah.
1: happy that they did her character the way that they did, because everyone's like, Oh, are you pissed that you didn't see Captain Marvel in the entire movie? I'm like, no, because I've developed a relationship with these other characters for 11 years. I saw her three months yeah. ago and I love her. I would need her to do one really big thing, which she did. She stopped the second destroyed,
2: And she destroyed the entire. Yeah. battleship. Ship. Yeah.
1: yeah. Which yeah. was amazing. <laughs> And that's exactly what I needed her to do. And that was it. And that's all she did. And she looked really good doing it. That's fine. She got hair haircut.
0: Me. Yeah. Good haircut. Looked yeah. good. So she, she does that. And then uh, basically we have we, we have this final scene where um, I guess, again, I kind of had the Tony thing spoiled for me. What did you guys think in that moment where uh, Tony looks over to Strange? He uh, he gives him the, the one symbol because one in 14 million. Did you, kinda, did you, did you guys kind of figure out what was going to happen at that point? Like he, he he's going to have to sacrifice himself.
1: Well, I mentioned that before the podcast, but when the, you see the first scene with Tony Stark and you see him talking to his helmet, you see that the helmet on the left side is completely torn apart. And I said, okay, that's foreshadowing for me because that's exactly when he ends up taking the infinity gauntlet of uh, the makeshift infinity gauntlet from Thanos. And he puts it on his hand. That's the exact side where he got burned. So I, that was something that was kind of, you know, it was an indicator, but
2: but that's also how his helmet was left off at the end of Infinity War when Thanos was about to kill him the first time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, his helmet
2: got cracked in half. It, okay. I mean, his helmet got cracked in it, half. It was, I mean, to to quote the first Infinity War, perfectly balanced that everything should be. You know, his helmet gets cracked in half in the first movie. Second movie happens for a different reason, obviously.
0: Yeah, I, I, it was a really powerful moment for me. I'll say that, like, I actually wasn't that... uh I, I, I wasn't like, oh, man, it robbed me of a lot of drama that it got spoiled and I saw it coming because I kind of was like, oh, I know one of the two of them is going to die, and when he's, like, tucking his kid into bed and, like, saying all these goodbyes and stuff, that was almost, like, foreshadowing for me or I was, like, almost expecting him. I, I think I would have expected him to die anyway at that point at the beginning, and just the rest of the movie was just, like, so well done that I just wasn't, like, oh, my God, I can't believe... if Anyway, in general, if, like, one spoiler ruins a movie for you, the movie probably has bigger problems, but like right. it was just everything else was so well done that like i was like all right they, they executed this really well in the moment and i probably could have guessed he was gonna die anyway and i think they pulled it off in the best way
2: possible you know and the, and the way he and the way he snatched the stones was just so badass mm-hmm. right like, like i was just like all right i still got a what like, yeah you just got like this makeshift gauntlet appear on tony's hand and it's like okay like like we, we we talked about you know Cap getting the hammer and then Thor's appearance in Wakanda is like the top two Marvel moments. I think Tony having the gauntlet form on his hand like that is, is probably number three. And saying
0: and, I, and I'm Iron Man. Yeah. Oh my god! Pretty badass way to what go a, out. What a way to end What do you what yeah. you guys think of um, the way that they reacted though after that? Like where it, Peter takes it harder than Pepper.
1: So I believe in the Shakespeare method of killing off characters and that if it needs to be done in order to further the plot line, absolutely do it. I think that Tony dying and the way that um, everybody reacted to it, no matter what's going to happen, as far as um, Pepper is concerned, you know, she's been around for five years um, post-snap with him. But uh, poor Peter Parker, it's been like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So he, he's kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, he died, and he came back to life, and his hero is just it just died in front of him. Like, that's his that's father a big figure. deal. His right, father right. figure. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking. And you know what? They had that mutual care for each other because, you know, we see it when Tony is in his cabin. He sees the picture of him and Peter Parker, and that's one of the things that motivates him to start working on this uh, time travel machine. And I think that... Just the the whole the funeral scene, the the way that they kind of really put him to rest. It was it was very well done. It was very well put together, and I have no complaints whatsoever about it.
2: Yeah, it was really yeah, well done. Like I, and and Pepper just saying to him, you know, now you can rest. Oh god, like just yeah. but just bringing a full circle. Like it, it, it was. Yeah, I just want to say I, I heard a that, lot of
1: sniffing in the audience after that. Yeah. <laughs> the,
0: the, the funeral scene, I just want to say because they, they they bring out every single character for the funeral Everybody. scene, and like even people that they bring people,
2: out Harley from Iron Man three, they bring out Harley. Yeah,
0: I, I, I did not have a good enough memory to pick up who that was right away. Now they did the other friends. who are Marvel fans with me, so good on you guys for knowing that kid right away. Um, but yeah, like but they have like everyone like Marissa Tomei, uh, Aunt May comes back. They have uh, both of um, both Hank Pym and I'm drawing a blank on his wife's name right now. Like. They're, they're, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer yeah Jan, well Michelle Pfeiffer but I, I kind of counted, yeah. counted it up I kind of counted it up there, like w- because just everyone that just stopped in like just to appear at the funeral like it ends <laughs> up like we have like Angela Bassett, Marissa Tomei, William Hurt, uh, the, the, is that is that guy the Secretary of State? I can't remember who he is. I he think so. so, you, have so. Samuel, you have Samuel L. Jackson, William Hurt, Angela Bassett, Marissa Tomei, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Natalie Portman. So all, many Oscar uh, nominees. All, all so appear, many. All appear in this movie yeah. and don't say a single word. And between mm-hmm. them, that's 15 Oscar nominations and three wins. So it shows like <laughs> a, a, a how big of a flex it is on Marvel's part. Like we can just get these people to show up, and they're probably very happy because they're getting a check yeah. and they don't have to say anything. So yeah, I just and in the back, you was, just
2: have Samuel Jackson and uh, and Captain Marvel just like chilling on the chilling on the steps. Yeah, it's just such it's just
0: such a like a display of star power, and it's pretty cool just to see all in one viewing, just like how, everything they can put together. I did like in that moment, like they they gave a, they gave a little bit of a shout out to uh, Nat at the end there, where. Um, I, I think it's Scarlet Witch is talking to uh, Hawkeye mm-hmm. and I, I like that they didn't dwell too much on it because at that point I was thinking a lot about the sequel or whatever her other movie is going to be I'm like this should be more about Tony but they don't forget her at the same time you know they
1: I thought it was unnecessary but I get why they did it and I, I mean I'm going to put a little bit of a metaphor to this so at right. the end of the day you know you started the franchise off with Iron Man and you were ending the third phase also with Iron Man's death so kind of putting that into full circle you're putting that and laying that whole
2: plot to rest Te- uh. technically far from home is the last phase three movie though
1: yeah i'm interested it
2: yeah
0: i think feige said that um so we'll see exactly what that means i, I want to talk about i want to talk about tra- time travel now guys because that ties into um that does tie into the final thing with steve we mentioned this reddit thread that tom sent me and we've already kind of talked about it so we don't need to delve too deep on it but like there are all these implications every time one of these characters does go back and like do something in the past uh and none more so than what then what steve does at the end but i want to ask like do you think you figured it out or do you still have questions about it or should it even matter as long as like you understand everything that all the decisions these characters are making and the motivations behind it and where do you kind of come down on like a movie really going all this this all in on time travel and like kind of setting its own rules
1: well first of all i just have to point out there that when i watched the movie the exact moment where bucky is looking over and he sees a Person sitting at a bench, the sound goes off for me. And 30 minutes oh, right. later, I I had to watch old man Rogers give Sam his shield with just mum, like not just like mouthing words. I had no idea what was <laughs> happening. And huh. so I got Two different views of this to really kind of oh, I didn't I, 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 I didn't realize, I I didn't realize
0: you actually watched the rest of it without sound before they came back in and fixed. Yep. It. Oh, oh wow that's awkward. Okay. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was we were not happy. And shout out to Brian from my movie theater who sprinted out there and someone yells whatever it takes for him to go tell everybody about what (laughs) happened. And he's the single reason why we were able to actually preserve the last scene where he is dancing with Peggy. So thank you to Brian. If you're ever listening to this podcast, and you are my official hero. Well,
0: so something something like this kind of like – it raises the question, though. What, what he ultimately does where Cap decides, I'm going to go put the Infinity Stones back, and I, I, I don't want to waste too much of your guys' time, so we don't have to go into everything that would have taken to put back each of those Infinity Stones because that could be a whole other podcast on itself, basically. But, I mean, the idea that he goes back and stays with and, – and finds Peggy and stays with her, and there's this other version of him that is now like – You know, living in this universe, that version of that universe, starting in the fifties or forties or wherever, where there's another Captain America, I guess, that's kind of out there that just doesn't have the same knowledge that this one has. Like, what do you think of like that? The implications of something like that, where it's like he knows all these things are going to happen, and but he's just going to go like go live his life. Have you thought that much about
2: that rabbit hole? I have one. Well, I have have, have one big thought on this. Yeah, because I was rewatching Winter Soldier today. Okay, Um, and we get that, and we get that scene in Winter Soldier where Peggy's in the hospital. You see mm-hmm. photos of her with her kids, yeah. and she's mm-hmm. talking about the life that she's had with her husband. I think we're, we, we're led to believe that Cap is Peggy's husband all along. Like, <gasps> she's just keeping this secret with her her whole life. Oh, wow. Because in, the, in that hospital scene, she says to him, "You know, I only wish you'd been able to enjoy your life, because she knows this life that they built together. Ooh, so I, I like no this. Matter wh- no matter what, there are two Caps in the Marvel universe. And, Pe- and, Peggy, and Peggy's Cap.
0: the only one that knows.
2: Yeah, and Peggy, Peggy, and her kids are just keeping the secret their whole life. Wow, I like it because a lot of people are assuming that, it's like,
1: blowing like, my mind. A lot, a lot
0: of a lot of people just thought it was like really messy, like, oh, Peggy had like other kids or something. Like, yeah. what's Cap doing I about was that? like,
1: What do they just wipe out her kids from existence? But it, I mean, you guys are saying two caps. It's the same cap. He well, goes back, and he gets to live it. So that is his future.
2: But the, just, but they're but there is another captain that's the one that they the one that's frozen, frozen on that yeah, and he's the one that becomes the Avenger, and he'll. Ultimately- it's, but it,
1: it's not. It's it's not two. It's they're living simultaneously, but yeah. it's the same thing. Like when you're watching Futurama, and you have Fry's character frozen in time, but he's still able to go back there. It's still like his future is still set in stone. We're just going on the same timeline. He's not affecting his past. Well,
0: I'm just saying, like he could, like right. he, he knows, like a lot of stuff, like go, that's going on between the '50s and the '2000s. That, like, but if he well, doesn't
1: mess with it, it's fine. Yeah,
0: exactly. If he's. Just, well, I'm, like I'm just saying, cap. is it in you, character? You, you
2: get this this one Cap who went back in time who has this opportunity to enjoy this life and just sit back and not worry about saving the world. Right. And then you have the same version of him that's going through as an, an Avenger the entire time. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, it's, it's the same. It's the same guy, though. It's, mm. it's right. just because they happen to live simultaneously as long as he is not running into the other guy. And he knows where very well where the other guy is going to be because it's him. Like, yeah. he's, he's not affecting anything. He absolutely – and, I mean, the only question I have is, does he survive the snap the second time around? Huh. I don't know.
0: Interesting. Oh, God. God, I i We, I can, we, we, can't, we can't be <laughs> here sorry. for another two hours. But <laughs> how, how much have you guys thought about, like, other potential, like, consequences of, like, the different – the different time traveling like that like happen here like is there something like well
2: where, my, my other question yeah my other question is so cap goes back to return all the stones to their exact point in time yeah mm-hmm. obviously obviously we discussed he encounters red skull obviously if right. he's going back to vormir which mm-hmm. in itself is an awkward encounter for him mm-hmm. but if Hashtag the awkward. Ru- <laughs> if the rules of the soul stone are that a soul for a soul if he's returning the soul does nat come back oh which which is why which is why i think that not that you know the black widow movie isn't necessarily a prequel interesting i think it probably i think it probably will be but my Look, question you know does that never die well because
0: i've heard some people say soul like stone. rules of the like she's definitely dead because rules of the soul stone it's not like someone's gonna be brought back by a snap which i kind of get but do we actually so you're i think it's a fair thing to speculate on we don't actually know what happens when you put the soul stone back right we, right because done right. yeah okay gotcha
1: mm. huh, interesting
0: and giving us some good stuff to chew on tom um yeah man so like what about other pop just to quickly before we uh wrap on final thoughts uh like what are the other- are there any based on how this time travel works where we're like creating ultimate realities we're just supposed to assume every time like someone goes back it's it's kind of creating another uh fork in the road if you will like that reddit thread is saying or just another another potential timeline there so for instance when uh when Thor's in 2013, when Fat Thor gets the hammer back, does that mean going forward in that one Thor is just without a hammer? Like yes. And, 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 yeah. and whatever is going to happen is going to happen to him. He'll have to go get a new hammer or something like that, or, it's exactly um, or get Stormbreaker
2: earlier. How yeah, about, something like that.
0: Or how about the implications of like them coming back after five years? Maybe I'm going way too far down the rabbit hole here. But my friend, my friend Daniel mentioned this to me earlier. Like they're, we're back at the end. We're seeing people like going back to their lives. Ned and Peter are still in high school. Like, shouldn't Ned have graduated high school? Like, how, well, no, yeah,
2: Ned was snapped too. Then in this scenario, Ned was
1: snapped too. That's what I think. Far from Home is going to kind of put into perspective what happens when half of their class lived for five years and the other one is still in high school.
0: So, so he and Peter are going to like be in high school, like be like twenty years old, like in class with like fifteen year olds or something like
2: that. Well, and, and, no, and no, obviously no. They, no, they both got no, snapped. But, yeah, they both got snapped. Obviously, you know MJ's character got snapped. All oh, you know, the, the whole crew that but we see. But did she?
1: But did she? Did we, <laughs> did we confirm that? We did not confirm that. Maybe she didn't get snapped. Maybe, maybe she's five years. Far from home. She's
2: five years older. I think
1: so. I think so. I, think so. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Gotcha. I think that maybe we get Gwen. I, I hadn't you thought about that?
0: Because I've been i kind of curious. Like everyone was really curious. Like it was just like, all right, you're showing us this far from home trailer. We know that he's not actually dead anyway. Like, what, what is this even going to be about? But I kind of like that idea. I hadn't even thought that far ahead that that could be like really worked into the plot there. But yeah, I guess I, I feel like we already talked too much. I, I I'm glad we're not going to go down a rabbit hole because I feel like we all have a basic understanding now of how this time travel works. And I was just a little confused by it at the end of the movie. And if if you want to say like, hey, should it take that much redditing and whatever to like fully understand something? Like, I guess that's a fair thing to talk about. Like, if the movie's going to explain away stuff in like a couple of lines and then expect you to figure it out. Um, but like, I, I feel like we all kind of have an understanding in, of it now, and I don't need to like dwell too much on it. So I want to I want to ask you guys like. I guess if, if, if "Far From Home" is the end of like phase um, phase three, and that's if, if we're expecting that to kind of be the plot of that, do you have any other thoughts before we sign off on just like where you think it should go from here, like? Because after Far From Home, there's not like another one of these movies that's in production. Like, we know there's going to be a Black Widow movie. There's going to be a Guardians 3 that's going to happen way later than it otherwise would have because of what happened with James Gunn. Uh, What are you hoping to see? Do you have anything in mind, or are you just like, all right, whatever, I'll I'll, I'll wait till it comes around? Have you gotten that far ahead? Like, where are you hoping it goes for Phase 4?
1: Um, I, I I kind of just saw the listing of all the movies that they have for Phase Four, and I noticed that there's a lot out there. That's very kind of random and sporadic, and it doesn't necessarily coincide except for that. They're leading to a dark Avengers, which is interesting. I want to see what they're going with that. The only thing that interests me is the guardians of the galaxy three and, uh, and Black Panther 2. Because in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they ended up teasing a character named Adam Warlock, who's going to probably be the big bad for the third movie. And then you also have the search for Gamora. And potentially you have Thor in that movie. That is really the only thing that interests oh, me. I, I, to- I, I totally also- forgot.
0: I want to touch on that because he jumps on their playing at the end we having a hilarious scene so uh yeah, as Guardians
1: are, of the Galaxy. are you hoping
0: are, so i guess that's a really good thing to hope for even though we don't know a lot about these movies is we, we we got taste of that in both infinity war and this like what it's like when thor's with those characters and i'm totally here for a whole movie of thor with them
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, i would rather
1: versus a thor movie
2: yeah, like them pairing Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth, and just like bringing the Chris Wars to life is <laughs> like fantastic. Like I said, give give me an entire movie of Fat Thor with Chris Pratt just, kind of, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out who's the alpha in that situation because I think even you know Fat Thor, Fat Thor is and still Andy clearly Brier. yeah he, right. he Fat Thor is still clearly the alpha in that group even though he's like telling Chris Pratt like. Oh yeah, you're you're in charge. you're in
0: charge. <laughs> some very good acting from Chris Pratt. He probably gets shit on a little bit as like maybe like the lesser of the all the Chris's in the Chris Wars. Like like some of the just reactions he gives with his eyes as Hemsworth is saying those different things are like very very good face comedy acting uh, from Chris Pratt. So I guess there I guess there is like some meat on the bones in that regard for what you would want from a Guardians movie. And I guess Tom put out a really good possibility there for what a Black Widow movie could be if they were to like tie it into the next phase. Though I, I feel like if they wanted to go with the prequel with Black Widow, and that's fine. I'm not. I'm a little out on prequels in general. Like just in when like different universes, and whether it be in Star Wars or something like this, when you know there are such big stakes down the road that already get resolved, it's like too hard to like get way too into like just like what's going to happen to one of these characters like in the way way back. You know. And I just so,
1: thought about something though. Oh, what's that? So. Tom brought up a really good point that if you return a soul stone to Vormir, that we don't know what happens. And there's a Dark Avengers movie coming out. What if we have like Ronin and Dark black widow or something i don't know if there's a black widow subplot in the comics where she is you know a dark character but maybe bringing her back to life actually causes something to sort of change within her and maybe she can be part of and maybe she develops actual powers something like that well
0: that's one thing we didn't actually get into much was we talked about it a little bit was that like she obviously has this dark past which it's always implied that like hawkeye helped bring her out of it or whatever So, so i think there is like plenty of meat on the bones for a prequel which is what i was saying was that like you know, I'm not really that into it, but it seems like there's enough there with that character that hasn't really been fully explored where if you were to do that and at least have a couple of new characters in that that we really care about what happens to them, I th- I think I could get pretty into it, you know? So I'm, I'd am i be okay with it, even if it would be cool to see her, like, interact more with the people that are going to be bringing us into Phase 4. So
2: Yeah, right. my, my, my biggest question moving forward is, like, are they going to do another, you know, decade-long arc or are we going to start getting, like kind of shorter arcs and you know because I don't think people want to wait 11 years for another big bad whether that be you know Galactus or Kang the Conqueror or mm-hmm. whoever it may be at this point but I, I am curious to see where they go next with who is going to be the next big bad and you know in the greater universe obviously we're going to get Adam Warlock and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 mm-hmm. but you know I think with the you know setting up the multiverse it's eventually going to lead to a Kang the Conqueror what about Galactus uh, I think Galactus is up there too. I mean, I would love, especially because you're going to be able to introduce the Fantastic Four. And, you know, I'd love to get a good version of Silver Surfer.
0: Right, that's the other thing I was going to ask you guys: if how you wanted to, if you want to see any of these other properties that Disney now owns with Fox, like if if there's a way you're excited to see them interact. Other thing I forgot to mention was that um, that we t- we totally overlooked was that uh, Marvel announced the Sang Chi movie uh, directed by Destin yeah. Cretton, who who I don't I really don't know anything about that character, but Destin Cretton directed Short Term Twelve, which was like the. Brie Larson's best breakout performance uh so I, I will follow that guy to anywhere because I love that movie so much but I guess that's another character that I, who knows when that movie is actually going to be made but like I guess that is another character they're going to be throwing into the mix so I didn't know if there were any storylines you guys were aware of like a lot of people uh-huh. do seem to think there's like a very good silver server storyline to be done with a lot of these characters so I guess it, there is just this whole this whole world of possibilities and we just don't know what it's going to be yet but they could really take a large combination of people to build it towards something I guess I don't know. I mean, if they, they might not want to let these characters go to waste now that they acquired all this property from Fox Correct. forever, however much <laughs> it is. So you make that investment, you're going to want to make some movies. Maybe they don't do 22 in 10 years, but like if you're going to try and service all of these characters you just bought, I guess you could end up getting to like something approaching that rate at which they had been making them.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think we're still going to get you know like three, four movies a year as they've been doing. Right. I just wonder if it's going to if it's going to be another ten year you know saga like it was with with you know, the Infinity Saga as they called it. Yeah, we might get a lot but of I movies,
0: think. but maybe just nothing where it's like leading up to one villain over the course of that many years.
1: Right. I, I think that people kind of have the gimmick you know I, I be... gimmick down for what the mouse has been doing since they acquired Marvel. They don't want to um kind of have them have more of a reason to make billions of dollars every single time that they release a movie. But <laughs> I think that it's also not really necessary because you don't have like the core you know, you know, two of the core Avengers characters are out. That's really kind of where the fan service has always been to begin with. You have those characters out. Why would you want to spend 10 years expanding other characters? And also specifically a franchise that had three failed movies, the fantastic four, why would you want to expand that to the point where you're kind of like killing it to death? Right.
2: All right guys I, I think oh. I think I think we're gonna get fantastic four back before we get like before they reintroduce like x men again, true, oh yeah, interesting. I really hope they don't
1: reintroduce x men. I like the way that they've done everything. I have no complaints
2: all right
0: well time time will the tell apocalypse. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that, 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 that,
1: the, apocalypse. <laughs> that's a little
0: iffy and people are a little uh people are seem pretty iffy on dark phoenix which we got coming soon so we'll see how all that turns out but guys i don't want to keep you any longer this is like the longest podcast i've ever done but i feel like it's Ew. worth yeah no but i feel like it's if, if there's any movie that's deserving of that like it's probably it's the one, one
2: that was three hours long right, right. culminated exactly. a 22 story arc yeah right
0: i'm just glad, i'm just glad i didn't like top the movies runtime, but um uh, do, you have, do you have any other final parting, uh, last thoughts you want to get out before we sign off?
1: All I want to say is that I hope that some Starks survive the Battle of Winterfell tonight.
2: There you go. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I I can't, I can't deal with all these Stark deaths. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's that's
1: really, that's the only thing I have to say about everything. Love the movie, but that's
0: what I want right now. This movie, this podcast is so long, I'm not going to be able to edit it by the time and post it by the time uh, this Game of Thrones episode airs. So people will know what happened to those Starks by the time they hear this, but I appreciate, I I appreciate the sentiment. (laughs) Tom, any final thoughts?
2: I really want a pint of hulka hulka burning fudge. (laughs) <laughs> and i i don't think we took enough time to appreciate that you know this is america's ass <laughs> oh, probably the two, two, two of the low-key funniest mo- moments in that movie <laughs> great they i mean <laughs> the, 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 i mean
0: that, that is just like a, a good point to again mention was that like there's a version in this movie that is just, like, way, way, like, more self-serious. And I do respect the fact that the movie took the time to, like, slow down and, like, have those, like, really funny interludes all the way throughout. And like you said yeah it could be like construed as fan service but like when you put in the meticulous work that this franchise did like they've earned every single one of those moments for the most part so for uh, sure. but before we sign off uh, Maya is usually a closed book on this front but Tom do you want to plug anything if people want to see your thoughts on Twitter or anything like that whether it be on movies sports all that stuff anything you want to plug
2: no because I feel bad for anybody who follows me on Twitter um, I'm <laughs> way too I'm way too online for my own good uh, so I'm good <laughs> Maya is there anything you want to promote or are you closed book as
0: usual
1: Closed book as usual, man. And just want to promote you and your amazing podcast that I love being on.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. As usual, people can follow me on Twitter at Josh Chernovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y. Same thing on Letterboxd. And I'm going to keep. uh, Pimping it because a lot of people, more so than I realize, don't actually use Apple Podcasts. The podcast is on Spotify now. Just type into podcasts, podcast, um, rewind Josh, it'll show up. So if you want to get it there, you could do that. So everyone, thank you so much for listening if you made it this long. Uh, I appreciate everyone that um, has listened to all of our Marvel Podcasts today, and I hope we did a good job of finishing up for you. Coming up next on the podcast, we'll have an episode probably on High Life, which is a big step down the amount of people that saw it, but probably be doing that. And then something on Long Shot and a bunch of good movies coming out in May. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you next time.